gun. You said crossing the streams was bad. Cross the Streams podcast, listen up segment with the podcast guru, David Gunn. We're flipping the script a little bit today and we're talking more uh, Netflix type. But David, how we doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing well, Kip. How's everyone doing out there? No, school. See, you guys already started school like a week or two ago, yeah? Man, the kids have been in school now two weeks. Yeah, George, two you guys weeks, aren't so, messing uh, around. Mine are still like Kelly's back to work, like teacher prep. And my the college Willamette, our classes are started, so the basketball stuff's rolling. But our the district for the kids, they're still not in school. So trying to yeah. find people to take care of these kids while we go back to work has been a scramble, man. It's uh, summer gets shorter and shorter every year. It seems like yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. Like summer just started. Oh, it's crazy. But hey, man, uh, before we jump into your Netflix recommendations for everybody, we we wanna I wanna talk real quick. What are your thoughts on one of our favorites that you and I always discuss from the Listen Up segments and just on our podcast rotation, the deal the Joe Budden podcast signed with wow. Spotify? Where, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Man, that's a big time. That's a big time deal. You know, what's interesting about that is uh, if you go back in our other favorite, the Now What podcast, yeah. the one where Joe Budden was on that podcast talking to Aaron yep. about... Uh, you know, and Aaron was on there. It was one of his first ones, and he was messing up his sponsor title and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yes. And, and, and they had a long conversation about, you know, because Aaron had no idea that Joe Budden didn't have any sponsors for his podcast and was doing it free. So they had a long conversation about that. And, and Joe Budden had talked about that he's playing it for the long the long game on yep. it, that eventually, you know, hopefully it works out to something. And I don't know, you know, obviously this was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh it's just kind of cool to see how it came to fruition. I mean, this guy, you know, putting all of his eggs in one basket. And that they were doing that podcast for how many years was it? Like oh, three, four years? At least years three, yep, yep. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, I really liked when they. I mean, you had to get through the episode. They called it the most recent one where they called it. We're gonna mess this, or they're gonna regret regret this <laughs> signing them. But uh, they've been on a Nicki Minaj kick for a while on there. Just everything Nicki does, they're gonna they have a breakdown of it, right? Uh, but when they finally got to announcing on the show the deal, I really liked how they went through the whole evolution of their podcast. Like Joe talked yeah. about the end of his rap career, the frustrations through when they were on Complex, through the old set. Yeah, it was just a really, it was really kind of in, invigorating. Like this guy had the plan, he had the vision, his buddies bought in, and how they kept saying no, and they were afraid that they said no to the wrong deal, but they kept holding out for what they felt was right. God, that'd be hard to do, right? I mean, right. I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a crossing the streams moment, ain't it? Yes, because I know Kane and I have been talking about it, and you can speak to it too, just in your business. When you're waiting on, okay, how are we going to start monetizing this thing? And those first offers come rolling in, and there's actually money involved. And they were okay being huge, saying, "Nope, not that one. Nope, not that one." And that, that was that was a great discussion they had. And I like Rory and Maul talking about. Sometimes we thought Joe was out of his damn mind saying no. <laughs> oh, and what was cool is that they just they, they they didn't want their creative content to be uh, censored at all. Yep, which I thought was kind of cool, right? Saying true to kind of you know who you are and what you want to do. You know, it, it reminded me. 
Um, you know, and, and it's just their crossing the strings moment. You know, it also reminded me of kind of the your podcast you had with your cousin Kira. Yeah. You know, and just you know, kind of putting all your eggs in one basket to a certain extent, and just you know what, I'm going to ride this thing out. Yep. Here, I'm going to make it somehow in, in, until it works. You know, and I think you know what, what's cool is it how just much it related to this podcast. Yeah. Crossing the strings. Oh moment. man, it was you it know, was like yeah. It was invigorating, man. It was like, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Joe and Joe's always a great source for creatives. You know, he's always talking about the mental approach and the struggles, and I, I find that pretty refreshing for a guy. Um, and then I also like that they kill him for for pump it up on there all the they time. They kill him all the time. <laughs> but what's cool, I haven't listened to it yet, but I, I want to. Is uh, he was on the Breakfast Club this morning? Oh. That interview. Joe Budden, so okay. with Charlemagne the God. So yeah. you know that's gotta be good. Yo, so absolutely. Huge. Hey, so let's jump into Netflix and I, I wanna give you the lead on your first couple recommendations. Um, because not that we've exhausted all the good podcasts out there, but I know we also both have a passion and can get hooked <laughs> and can get hooked on Netflix and the visual as well. So take us oh, somewhere absolutely. that people gotta be watching and dive into on Netflix. Yeah, so you know, I, I preface this with I uh, I have compulsive disorder. I'm <laughs> compulsive in any and everything I do. I don't play video games. I don't play fantasy football for that reason. Yep. Um, so like the podcast, right? When I find one I enjoy, I got to go through the whole entire season within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing with Netflix. Like I just, it, it's crazy. But so I broke them down into some categories, right? Because oh, depending nice. on what you're what your flavor is, right? Yeah. So if you're looking for a sports documentary, a sports type feel, there's no better um, Netflix out there than Last Chance You. Yep. Uh, it's phenomenal. Two seasons of it. You know, it, it's documentary about a JUCO college. Uh, and for those that, that don't know, I went to JUCO and played JUCO football. So this is reliving my college years <laughs> to a T. You know, you're in a college town in the middle of nowhere. Um, a lot of these kids come from, you know, pretty bad circumstances from a, their home life, you know, and you get thrown into this atmosphere with these crazy coaches cussing and yelling and putting all this discipline on you, and it's just a big shit show. Um, <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, it, it's just compelling, though. I mean, you can't stop watching it. And,. You know, the, the first two seasons really kind of, you know, the coaches are just these larger-than-life personalities. But then you get so ingrained with the kids and yep. their stories, and you feel like you know them. And, mm-hmm. man, it, it is just phenomenal. For you, and I asked this to uh, Kelly's uh, cousin, her husband's a head uh, JUCO coach in California. Just for the authenticity of it, do you feel it's pretty accurate portrayal of what you lived and what the kids are actually doing? Because everybody always worries like, oh, Hard Knocks is going to edit stuff. I bet Last Chance You is editing to make it more compelling. But do you feel, does it feel real like what you lived is displayed? 100%, without a doubt. That is exactly my life, was my life for a year and a half. I mean, it, it, all you're doing all day is you live, eat, breathe football. School really doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You're sitting around in the dorm rooms, um, talking to your, your your fellow team members. All you're all you're doing is playing video games and talking about how you go on D one. That's it. <laughs> it's wow. all about D one. What letters did you get? Right, you got people getting kicked off the team left and right, and then they're coming back. You got people catching cases for 
whether it's burglary fighting. I mean, you know, we had it all at my juco. And what's really cool is in the second season, um, they, they, they follow a, a Kansas juco and, um, that Kansas Juco, I'm very familiar with a lot of those Kansas teams because my Juco, I played out of the Iowa Juco League, mm-hmm. and they, we we played the we played a lot of those teams. So um, it was just it really kind of hit home for me. I mean, when that first season came out, uh, me and all of my boys in Juco, I mean, we were just talking and going back and forth with each other on Facebook. Just it just brought up a lot of memories. Absolutely, and I think uh, it's funny you mentioned the larger-than-life coaching personalities because I think, these, especially this, well, I mean, Buddy from the first season with at EMC, East Mississippi, he obviously became quasi-famous because of the show, but I think this this latest coach has even jumped into the national, people know him <laughs> even more so with how he rolls. From Compton, right? right? And uh, just the way he talks, his swag—I mean, the F word is nonstop. Mm-hmm. That's his favorite word, and he's not ashamed of it. You know, you got to think—he's in the middle of rural Kansas. Yeah. You know, and and he constantly is talking about how he got this beach house and his and his Cadillac. I mean, it is just comedy. Um, but this is a guy you think about. You know, watching it, you don't know how how good of a coach he necessarily is, as far as X's and O's. Right. But he he recruits the hell out of it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what it really is. That's what it's about. And you know, obviously, you can speak to this when you talk about recruiting. Yeah. And, you know, just getting top talent. Yep. Is the name of the game. Yep. And and it's it's funny you mentioned like the location. You know, in, like in real estate, people preach location, location, location. But in recruiting. You can't really control that. Like, yeah, I'd love to have a my my D, Division three basketball team be located in Vegas or on the beach in Malibu, but we're in Salem, Oregon. This guy's in Kansas, and you got to figure out like, how does your personality get a kid to buy into coming in this guy's case to hear the f bomb from him in the middle of Kansas from L.A. or from Texas and not leave the second it happens, you know? So it's yeah, it's definitely. I want to speak to. The second year at East Mississippi they did, and remember the team they just beat the hell out of. They beat some team like 85 to 20. And that that coach said, East Mississippi's not last chance you, they're second chance you. We're last chance you because we literally recruit kids that don't nobody wants them to come because they can't play. <laughs> they're not good enough. <laughs> that episode, I thought the dichotomy between those two programs and then the buildup on campus to the other place where oh those kids, God. right? Remember, they were trying to get themselves to believe that they could win. And they're, they're, uh, the people on campus with them were like, y'all going to get killed. You guys are going to get killed. They already knew. Yeah. They already knew. Uh, I mean, but you, you, you know, you, you, you've got to have a love for football to play Juco football. I mean, you... <laughs> The, the, the fan support is, is minimal, right? right. Because the, the colleges themselves maybe have you know five thousand students, you know, and then fan support. I yeah, mean, you're lucky if you get a few hundred people in the stands outside of family and, and friends and stuff like that. And um, I mean, you're, you know, it was kind of interesting because those those are bigger programs, so obviously they've grown a little bit, so they have they have a little nicer facilities. But the majority of your JUCO facilities are the worst they're not even near what a high school facility would be um you know and and i'm talking from my juco experience and this was you know what's it 18 don't date us don't date us it was just yesterday (laughs) so but it it, it was 
great. And then they did that follow up on uh, the EMCC kids. Yeah. Know, they had the, the kids, uh, the two, the two that were uh, on a murder trial. Yep. Basically. Was that Isaiah and his brother? Isaiah. Yep. See, and now I'm saying their first names like I know them because of the show. Like, <laughs> it's 100% bought in. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a must watch uh, for the for all the listeners out there. What's your give me your give me your next one? You can stay same category or different. So we can go in a different category. So if you want to get into kind of the hip hop culture, right? Yep. I like to kind of stay in, in yep. our lanes that we, that we, we like here, right? yep. sports, hip hop culture, um, the get down. Ooh, no, uh-uh. Oh, okay, the get down. You haven't seen the get down. No. Right. So it, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a Netflix series. So definitely binge worthy. If okay. you go in there, you're gonna get, you're gonna get hooked. But you know, it's about a group of teens in the Bronx in the late kind of seventies, and really how uh, New York kind of gave birth to the hip hop era and the, and the DJ and you know how. Yeah. Back at that point, right when hip hop was just starting, the DJ was that that was the guy, right? Yep. It was all about the DJ, right? With yep. The DJ. Um, but then and, and then how it kind of transitioned into the MCs and this this kid in the group, he's the wordsmith of the group, the MC. And yeah. He just kind of really goes through their transition, um, you know, into from their teenage years and kind of you know poverty and this and that, and then how. Everything in the um, hip hop era, how it started to kind of transition to disco. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it was just kind of interesting, right? It, it kind of just takes them through um, their kind of childhood years. It has Will Smith's son in it. Oh. He's one of the main characters as okay. well. But really kind of cool scene. It gives you some of the history of of, of hip hop. Yeah. Um, with Grandmaster Flash, you know, and they have, they, they kind of relate some of the. Uh, some truth into it, but it, it's a mythical gotcha. journey, right? It, yeah. it, it's not based on a true story, but they do bring some true characters into it. Yeah. Um, on that, you said how many seasons? One, two, three, how many seasons of it? So like, like you, I'm going to have to binge it. If I get hooked on it, I'm going to have to watch 12 episodes in a row. Uh, it has two seasons. Okay. Two seasons. The first season was definitely better than the second season. Okay. But uh, definitely binge uh, let, let me jump in with one, and it, you, you see, you talked about the hip-hop culture, and I was thinking about it, because I, you know me, everybody out there knows I'm a comic books guy, but, okay, Luke Cage, the series on Netflix, does, the, the hero himself, the story itself is awesome for me, I love the, the character, and I really like Simone Missick, um, the actress that plays Misty Knight. Um, but the thing that I think Luke Cage does the best, the, the show always has new artists, either old school artists or like they had Jada Kiss on last week, or they got somebody new and there's always at least four to five minutes combined of just music in the shows happening, but it's, there's no dialogue and it's just that artist music. I mean, they had Wu-Tang on there a couple episodes. And so Luke Cage, season one, season two, if you're a comic nerd, you're going to get your comics because Luke Cage is bulletproof running around saving Harlem. But at the same time, the hip hop culture and it's, it's, I mean, it's set in Harlem. So it's an African-American superhero in the middle of Harlem with the music, with the culture. Luke Cage is my number one re- recommendation today. Yeah, you know, I, I got into Luke Cage, you know, and uh, I'm not a huge comic book i don't like to geek out on that stuff. <laughs> you have actually got me more and more into the i have i've helped i've converted you a little bit you 
have converted me. And uh, Luke Cage was great. You know, the first season was great. This last season, man, I stopped halfway through. I, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. You couldn't um, deal with Bushmaster? Or was it? Uh, Bushmaster, I was done with. It wasn't Bushmaster. What's the uh, what's the uh, karate guy, the white guy that oh. came in? <laughs> Iron Fist? What's his name? Iron Fist? He, he's the worst. <laughs> I watched an episode or two once he was introduced into it, and I'm sure there's a backstory yep. of some yep. other. But it, it became awful for me. First season, though, highly recommend. Yep, it absolutely. I binged, I binged watched it. I feel you on the music. It's phenomenal. Uh, I dig it. That is funny you say that. Okay, so I'm a comic nerd real quick. Luke Cage and Iron Fist is who David's referring to, this terrible character. In the comics, they're really good friends, and Iron Fist is a badass. But across comic boards everywhere, people universally hate the actor and his portrayal in not only Luke Cage, but the series. Like They have a series called The Defenders, where Luke Cage joins a group of people, and no one watches it because of Iron Fist and whoever that actor is. <laughs> so that, that's okay. So I, I, that, they didn't set it up very well for that second season. I see him coming in. It's just like all of a sudden, yep. in Luke Cage, this guy comes out of nowhere. And it's just like, he's kicking, they're kicking it every day. I'm like, who in the hell is this guy? What does he do? <laughs> right? He's from the Defenders, their group that defends New York in general. But Luke, the great part about Luke Cage is just Luke in Harlem by himself doing things. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you that Iron Fist has made it real tough. But give me your, give me your next one. Same category, new categories, your, your, your play. All right, so if we want to go to the political spectrum, right? Yep. Because, yeah, yep, you know, of course we do. The climate we're in now, we got to go handled the Kevin Spacey stuff? So they haven't started a new season yet, right? Okay. But there's been kind of the delays because of the Kevin Spacey stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, Claire, his wife, um, uh, is taking over as, as president. So he's no longer the president. Okay. So uh, they're just going to get his ass out of there. Right? <laughs> I don't know how they're, they're going to write him out. Right. What they're going to do. But, you know, nobody's going to hear from Kevin Spacey anymore anyways. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's really cool about the House of Cards is it, it, it's so relevant to what's going on today in our climate, mm -hmm. right? You know, it's almost like they foreshadowed everything that's going on right now because they've got the Russian influence, all of the corruption, right? The yeah. underbelly of the political scene in, in D.C. And, yep. and what happens. Man, it just it blows your mind how closely related it is to today's political climate the so that number one that tells me i'm going to be furious after every episode because if it's anything like today i'm just going to get in a terrible mood two oh, you're, going to be, you're going to be super furious but what, what's crazy is the the corruptness and the kind of russian uh interference and all of that stuff with with frank underwood who's kevin spacey the president in the show you know that's all on the democratic side oh so, so gotcha yeah it's Reverse a little bit. The I feel like House of Cards, and tell me your thoughts on this. I feel like House of Cards 
has got such and cult following is the wrong word because that implies it's small. House of Cards has a lot of people. I feel like it's like the new wire. Like when you ask somebody, do you have you seen House of Cards and they say no, and you're like, what the f? Are you crazy? But I'm on that side now. With that used to be me with the wire. Like I've seen the wire. You haven't. We can't be friends. But now I'm on the other side. If I haven't watched more than the first one and a half episodes, and I'm judged. I gotta. I'm just tired of being judged. I gotta get on it. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those shows i mean i think it just took off you know yeah. and it came at the perfect time right you know with you know ever since the uh, i think the the you know 2008 2012 elections with, mm-hmm. with president obama right i think there was just a whole new generation of individuals that got really interested in politics right yeah and you know so the show kind of it's just interesting to begin with even if you don't like politics it's just it's just entertainment, man. It's right. just fantastic. And, and regardless of how big of a creep and just how big of a dirtbag Kevin Spacey is, um, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, right. But you, you can't deny that piece. So it's, it's just really, really good um, good entertainment. On these, tell me, are, are you, do you use Netflix? Similar like podcasts. It sounds like you've got... It's kind of like myself. You've got a group of pods and Netflix shows that are just purely like, I would like to sit here and dive into this universe that they show and just escape a little bit. And then there's another one that's more like captivating and making you think about things. Is, is that accurate with your Netflix as well as your podcast listening? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think so. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if I get so much and I think about that consciously. Yeah. But probably subconsciously, absolutely. You know, I, I just kind of, um, with Netflix, it's just whatever pops up. I mean, I'll go you know, a week without diving into any Netflix at all, like not even pulling it up. And then yeah. all of a sudden for the next month, I find something and I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in and I'm just searching for stuff and right. I'm searching for new shows. You know, uh, I do got to want to tell you one more political one. That's hit a me. good one. Yeah. Hit um, me. So this is, this is, uh, the Bobby Kennedy for president, um, series. So it all goes through Bobby Kennedy and kind of his life. Um, and I think there's a, there, I told you about previously on, yeah, on the RFK tapes, tapes, you talked about the pod, yes. Yeah, the, the pod, so this is, you know, the, the series um, on, on Netflix, so, you know, it's just great, I mean, it's got all the old footage, you know, it takes you a little bit through kind of his journey from, you know, obviously um, JFK and him getting assassinated and then kind of how Bobby handled that and then his rise from Senator up through, um, you know, going and being the, the nominee for president and all up through the assassination and then how his family kind of handled it and the curse of the Kennedys. So mm-hmm. really interesting stuff if you really get into that piece. You and know, it's so called Bobby Kennedy for president, yes? Called Bobby Kennedy okay. for president. If you want entertainment, it's not an entertainment. This is more knowledge, make you think. Um, just kind of inter- interesting history buff type stuff. And I'm very interested. I listened to the first couple of the RFK tapes because my my mom's from that era, right? Uh, our parents were alive when Bobby, like, I never understood the RFK stuff. Like, I knew there was a, the Reds, the Cowboys played the Redskins at RFK. And I always was like, why in the hell is it named after the little brother? Why is it not named after right. the president? But the, this stuff that you've been talking about really died, like, shows i feel like that was like this rise this shooting star that got cut off you know the the bobby kennedy thing is like what could have been if oh, not absolutely. for that well and it takes him through his transition right with 
you know, originally, I think Bobby Kennedy and kind of JFK, they're really kind of known for um, a lot kind of their, they were ahead of their times in terms of really aligning with kind of the civil rights movement and with Martin Luther King and all of them, especially Bobby Kennedy, right? But it it takes Bobby Kennedy, like this, this, uh, this Netflix takes you through, like that wasn't his initial stance. Mm. He really developed into that. And then also how he really kind of got involved with, um, God, I'm drawing the blank. The, uh, out in California with the, the, the Mexican. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, is it Cesar Chavez? Chavez, Yeah. Yep. Right. And with the, the Mexican farmers and that association. I mean, so, you know, he kind of evolved into that piece of really, uh, fighting for minorities and their rights and all that. That wasn't initially what he was all about. So that's kind of an interesting piece um, um, that, you know, a little piece of history that I had no idea about. And it's a, I, I didn't know anything about Bobby Kennedy. It's amazing that you mentioned that at that point in time, we, we could allow politicians to evolve and change their stance because oh, there's, no there's no way. No, you couldn't pivot off of something. There's no way. No, you, you'd be pigeonholed to what you are. Yep. And that's, all anybody would ever think of you as. And then they'd call you Flip Flopper and you couldn't run again. Uh, anyway, anyway, before we get too negative and jump off a bridge, I've got one, but I guess this is kind of, this is not political, but it's definitely culture and climate. And it's from the work we did with my team. Uh, we're, I, you know, I have a big character development program that t- tries to address toxic masculinity um, and how my guys as 18 to 22 year old men define themselves as males, it will affect their, their behavior. So the one we watch, and it's on Netflix, if you have Netflix, you can watch the entire hour and a half is called The Mask You Live In. Um, and explores how cultures, how the, our culture has pigeonholed men, ourselves, and our, our, my sons, and all the young kids growing up into this narrow definition of what it means to be a boy and a man. And it goes through hip hop, it goes through sports, it goes through culture, coaches like myself, and it goes through video, you know, all the things that are inputs into a man creating his self image. And how toxic we've made it. So it's it's a phenomenal watch. It's a little more. It does have more like to dos. You know, sometimes I get frustrated when these documentaries are so eye opening, but there's literally no like, what do we do about it? It's just, hey, here's the world. God, it sucks. And that's the end. And then credits, <laughs> right? So there's a little more in this of what people are doing to combat it, which obviously is big for me to try to incorporate into mine. But the mask you live in, hour and a half, not a series, but you can you can binge it all in, in one night uh, and then go from there. Gotcha. So it, are the filmmakers, are they individuals that have done some other work yep. as well? Yep. So Byron Hart's part of it, and he did beats, rhymes, and hip-hop. Um, there's a bunch of... Okay. What you would, many people consider leaders in the field that are interviewed by these filmmakers. So they're combined in one setting, but they go and follow um, a, a guy that runs an inner city men's support group, uh, Ashanti Edwards, I believe, or Ashanti Banks. And he talks about just how he ended up where he was and what brought him out of it. And it's very rare, right, to see these male role models that aren't a coach, that aren't in a direct family. But it, right. it's a it's a man of color helping other kids who don't have anybody else to look at, and it's uh it, it's really good. And it's like you said, it's there's some sadness. There's some you get fucking pissed off. You get angry that you probably had some of that in your own definition of being a male. But there's also some some things to do and, and go about. What was the reaction from your team 
that? Uh, they saw the first the first forty five minutes. If I'd have shown it to them like out of the blue, I think a lot of them would have been like, "Coach has lost his mind." You know what I mean? Um, but because where we stationed it in the calendar of the program, they'd already been primed with a bunch of stuff challenging them previously to some ways that they were raised. And this is not saying all their dads were terrible. That's not my point at all. But even how they interact with each other um, and how they talk to each other about women, about, um, you know, when they're vulnerable and how they're supposed to deal with it. So I think this was more of a reinforcing for my guys. The stuff that I've been preaching is like, hey, coach isn't pulling this out of the air. Um, we see it. We live it. Okay, let's, this is another input that we're going to use. But I think for just a, if you just played it randomly to even a group of our friends out of nowhere, I think you'd have to pause it a lot when guys were like, no, that's bullshit. That's being soft. No, that, that's not it. That's being weak. You know what I mean? That's so funny, man. That, that, that just, that being soft. Right? Yes. Gosh, I was talking with somebody the other day about that and what that means to a man. And it's just crazy, right? Yep. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, we got to get on later. Yep, we'll bring you on for a whole other segment. Give me one more before we, we, get, we wrap up for today. Yes, I, let's get something light that would, after you're done watching, you've laughed. <laughs> then, then I gotta go shameless. Oh, go shameless. oh my assistant coach is gonna be so happy. Oh, my lead assistant, Nathan Coville, had half of my team hooked on shameless. And what's his name? Is it Frank? Or what's Frank. it? I don't know his real name. But, um, but it's William H. Macy, right? William H. Macy. Yes. And they, go ahead, because he's been trying to get me to watch Shameless, and he comes in with shameless idioms, and I'm lost, but the guys love it. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with. There's so much wrong with this show. Because <laughs> um, he's an addict, right, or an alcoholic? A, yeah, but there's 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 good um, there's good seeds planted, right? There's some good knowledge because it takes place in Chicago, and it really addresses gentrification. Um, of the Chicago area, right? Okay. And uh, so that's kind of really cool. Those are kind of the underlining themes there. Like you don't necessarily, they don't throw it in your face with the gentrification of yeah. it right there, but it's there, right? And, and they speak to it a little bit. Um, so that's kind of a cool part of it, but it's about a super dysfunctional family. You know? <laughs> Frank William H. Macy is a father that he's, a, he's an absent father. He's a drug addict, alcoholic, right? Not there for his kids. And, He's got, I don't even know how many kids there are, but the oldest daughter, she's basically raised the kids from the time there were babies because the mom just got up and split. And, I mean, they're dirt poor. They scrape and scrap. They get money, and they do any and everything. So it addresses prostitution. I mean, it, <laughs> drug use from kids. It addresses violence where uh, one of the kids is going to jail with gun violence. Uh, but it's all in a funny manner. But yeah. it, uh, it, it's like real stuff right yeah uh, but it's it's hilarious and again, it's like on eight seasons nine drug. seasons right it's still going isn't it yeah it's originally it was adapted from the uk right that's where it started there's a uk version that's okay. where it started um so this is the adapted version into the u.s uh but it's great yeah and it's still going i mean uh i think eight or nine seasons in i mean and it gets better every season frank gallagher there it is that's the words that they keep yelling at me coach that's a frank gallagher moment i was like what it, it addresses you know homosexuality with 
one of the kids being gay. And yeah. A lot of that within it. So, I mean, you're getting a bit of everything all just wrapped up under a uh, comedic feel. So, it's so very good. lighthearted. So it's great. Shameless. Uh, that we went through today on our Listen Up segment with the podcast guru, David Gunn. We flipped over to Netflix for today's segment. We got Last Chance You. We got The Get Down. We've got Luke Cage, House of Cards, Bobby Kennedy for President, The Mask You Live In, and Shameless. I think we've run the whole gamut. That's like a title screen for people to search through on Netflix. We got it, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Side break.